We're going to be speaking in Ephesians chapter 2. But first I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 4. We're going to talk uh, about salvation by grace through faith, but we want to start with uh, the faith of Abel in Genesis chapter 4. And many of you are familiar with the story and I'm not going to read the whole story here, but now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she abhor again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offerings, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So, as the story goes on, we know that Cain was jealous, and he blamed his brother Abel, that God did not receive his offering, since he received Abel's. And we also know from the New Testament that Cain was angry because Abel's works were righteous, and his were wicked. Um, and so we know that Cain rose up and, and killed his brother Abel when they were in the field, walking in the field. And, but what I want to talk to you about is not that murder, but why was Abel's offering received and Cain's was not? And over the years, and I've been in church churches, I've heard many... Um, try to explain this why did God receive Abel's offering and not Cain's and a lot of times it has to do with basically that Abel's was received because his work was better than Cain's work Um, Abel's was received because he brought a better offering he brought from the best of his flocks and Abel, you know, brought some blighted fruit or some, you know, half-rotten carrots or something, uh, some bad cabbage. I don't know. Um, some corn that, you know, to turn black or something. I, that's that's one theory that it was just bad fruit, and maybe Cain was like, "Yeah, why give the good stuff to God? I'm just going to give him this." This garbage, the stuff I don't want to eat. And I'm going to keep the best for myself. And so Abel brought the best of his flocks, and so he had a better work. And then there's the theory that, well, an offering needs to be a blood sacrifice. And because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And so. Abel brought from his flocks and he sacrificed a blood offering to the Lord. But Cain, he brought 
you know, he was a tiller of the ground and he just brought, he should have gotten, he should have like given Abel some of his fruit and said, hey, give me some of your flock so I can make a blood sacrifice to the Lord too. But he, he just brought the fruit. Well, we do know there are grain offerings to the Lord and we don't know that there had been a sin offering or sacrifice instituted at this time. We see Noah certainly offering sacrifices after the flood, but but again, it's, it's just that 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 is that Abel did the right work, and and Cain's work wasn't as good, right? It's a it's a work sacrifice reason that that Abel had a better work than Cain did. Um, well, I don't ascribe to either of those views. Fortunately. God in his goodness and wisdom explained this to us in the book of Hebrews. So if you turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 4. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, being dead, he still speaks. Okay? So, through his gift, he obtained witness that he was righteous, um, but it was by faith that he offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. See, Abel was... Abel's offering... was accepted by God um, because of his faith. And Abel was accepted by God. It was Abel's offering was accepted because Cain because Abel already had faith. Because Abel had been accepted. And Abel was already saved by faith. He had already put his trust in God for salvation. You see, Abel was walking with God. He was seeking him to know him. He was trusting in him. Abel knew that he was a sinner. He knew that he was a sinner like his father Adam and that he needed God to save him. And because he put his trust, his faith in God, he was able to offer a sacrifice in faith that was acceptable to God. His offering was accepted by God because Abel had been accepted by God. Cain, on the other hand, was trying to appease God with his works. He was trying to buy God off or, or seek his favor by, 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 by making a payment to God. I don't really think he had an interest in salvation, so to speak, I think he wanted probably God to bless him, to give him prosperity. He wanted something from God. But he wasn't trusting God to save him, to forgive him of his sins. He wasn't trusting God to... Um, he wasn't trying to, to walk with God or find any pleasure in God or any relationship to him like Abel was. Abel had a relationship with God. 
He had trusted God for forgiveness, for salvation, to deliver him from sin. And because of that, he had gratitude and thankfulness toward God. And he offered the sacrifice and gratitude and thankfulness, not trying to gain some kind of favor from God or to to buy something from him. Abel's sacrifice was received by God not because it was a good work. His work was received by God because God had already received him because of his faith. God had already accepted Abel because of his faith. So now if you'll return to Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me finish reading in Hebrews 11, 6. Um, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Abel diligently sought God in faith. He believed in him. And God was pleased with his offering because because of his faith. So we're going to turn to Ephesians now. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example of our brother Abel. And we thank you that he, his, his gift was accepted by you because you had already accepted him through his faith. that he was not saved through works. He wasn't saved because of the superiority of his offering um, in the sense that you like sheep more than grain or that he offered the best. He was saved because he was, his, his, he was, his, he was saved by faith and then his offering was accepted because of his faith. Lord, we thank you that you accept our offerings as imperfect as they are because of our faith. And we thank you that we're saved by grace through faith so that you can get all the glory for saving us and also because there's no work that we could do that in itself would be pleasing to you. Our works fall short. Lord, Open our eyes to the truth of your word this morning. Help us to understand your grace. Help us to understand your faith. Uh, Understand faith, what it is to have faith, and the kind of faith that we should have. Help us to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What is grace? 
the Catholics have a different uh, definition of grace. It, it is the it is the the merits of the saints stored up, the saints and Mary stored up um, that we can in, in a treasury that we can tap into, and we can use their merits to find favor with God. Um, Certainly not the biblical definition. That's more of a work, um, work of the saints instead of our works. But grace is, means unmerited favor. The unmerited favor that we have from God. That means favor that we get from God that we've done nothing to deserve, nothing to earn. Another definition of, of grace would be undeserved love. Undeserved kindness. And we see in verse 7, just proceeding in the ages of come, God might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ. His loving kindness. Um, the word for grace in the Old Testament, chesed, also means mercy. Um, so God doesn't give us the judgment that we deserve, the wrath that we deserve, instead he gives us kindness and love that we don't deserve, that we have not earned, that we could not earn. In order to understand grace, we need to understand the backdrop uh, that Paul presented here in chapter 2, that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we were just kind of going about our lives in verse 1, According to the course of this world, we are, we are following Satan, essentially, the prince of the power of the air, who now works in the sons of disobedience. We are in league with the devil, just kind of going through life based on whatever we desired in the moment. And, often, and most often those desires were selfish and sinful and self-motivated, and we were dead toward God. So if we look at God as saving the pretty good, you know, grace doesn't make sense because when Isaiah says that all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, he doesn't mean that we're a little bit dirty. He doesn't mean that, you know, uh, the Lord's Supper cloth out here, you know, spilled a drop of grape juice on it or something. He doesn't mean uh, I got a little bit of dirt on my pants. He says all of our righteousness are as filthy rags and so to try to earn God's favor with our own righteousness when we are so wicked think about a greasy rag that you know a mechanic uses to wipe the oil off his hands or whatever and and I'm going to wash my face with that rag and try to get clean and I'm going to rub that on and the more I rub, the, the dirtier I get, and I'm just, I'm just uh, mixing dirt with dirt. But to try to get righteousness and to get clean based on our own righteousness, we're just rubbing the dirt around. Filthy. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. I want to look at Romans 3 a little bit just to kind of illustrate and... We were dead in our trespasses and sins. This is as if God, it's not as if God saved a, 
It's as if God died, Christ died for a race of zombies, a race of monsters. And maybe we look like people on the outside, but on the inside, we're monsters. Um, on the inside, we're wicked, we're filthy. Um, Romans chapter 3 Verse 10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asps is in their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction, and misery are in the ways and the way of peace they have known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and that all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So, perhaps we're not all serial killers or, or um, mass murderers like Stalin or Pol Pot or Hitler or Mao Zedong, but we have that kind of wickedness in our hearts and selfishness that we would murder with our tongues, with our words, and have murder in our hearts. And not only that, that we have a hatred toward our fellow man and a lack of love, that we would lie and deceive, but we have a lack of gratitude toward God who created us, a lack of worship. We put other things in our lives before God and participated in idolatry. We violated every one of God's Ten Commandments, if not outwardly, in our hearts. And disobedient to parents, we've um, committed adultery of the heart and murder of the heart, coveted, envied, just like just like uh, Cain, whose envy led him to commit murder. So we're wicked. Our righteousnesses are as filthy as rags. So if we just try to start over and say, okay, from now on, I'm going to be good, well, we continue to sin and struggle with sin. And plus, with all the sins we've ever done, we're just wiping our face with a greasy old filthy rag aren't we vile filth and that's why God didn't receive Cain's offering and apart from grace he couldn't receive Abel's offering either because he was sinful as well but 
Romans 3 says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So here, Jesus lived a perfect life. He was righteous. He never sinned. And when we have faith in him, and we trust in his righteousness, God counts his righteousness as ours, right? When we trust in the righteousness of Christ, God counts his as ours. And he counts our wickedness, our filthy rags, as punished on the cross of Christ, where Christ died for our sins. So we are saved not by our own works, like perhaps Cain tried, not by our offerings, because our offerings are tainted, as we talked about when we had the Lord's Supper recently. Our, our offerings are tainted with sinful motivations. With We come before the Lord with sin in our lives and our hearts. But Christ's offering wasn't tainted. His offering was perfect. He was the, the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. He was the perfect Lamb of God. And His blood washes away our sins so that we're whiter than snow. And God looks on us and sees that Christ's blood has been shed for our sins and he sees the righteousness of Christ that has been counted toward us when we believe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely, justified means declared righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So I've used this illustration before, but there's a story um, that I read in a commentary about a lady who, uh, a young lady who was, uh, whose father was sick and she saw as she approached the palace that they had, there was a vineyard there with grapes and she thought some of those grapes would be good for her father's health. And so she asked the princess who was picking the grapes if she could have some that she could buy, purchase some of those grapes for her father. And the princess says, Well, you know, my father's the king and he's rich, but you're poor and you don't have the money to purchase these grapes. You don't have enough. And so let me give you some of the grapes. And she says, No, let me purchase them. The princess said, You don't have enough. So you have to receive these grapes for free or not at all. We're poor on righteousness. We, can't, we have nothing to gain righteousness with because our best is filthy rags to God. So if we want righteousness, we have to receive it for free or not at all. We have to receive it by grace. Through faith. So what is faith? For by grace are you saved through are you are you saved through faith? 
and that not of your souls, it is the gift of God. What is faith? Well, faith is believing. Faith is believing in Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins and rose from the dead. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, uh, you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there has to be a content of our faith. We have to believe in Jesus, but believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came as a man and died for our sins and, and was raised from the dead for our justification. And... Um, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him and Jesus should not perish, God's only Son, but have everlasting life. So we have to believe God. Um, Romans 10, it says, 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So when we read the word of God, we have to believe it. We have to believe God and what he said about Jesus and what he's done for us. We have to believe in him to save us. So um, faith is also repenting. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is Lord. We have to submit or surrender to him and be willing to turn from a life of sin and selfishness and disobedience to a life of obedience. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. There's no perfect repentance, but we're turning away from our sin and turning to, to God um, and faith to God. Repentance and faith, or, um, Keith often talks about it as being two sides of the same coin. Faith is turning to God. Repentance is turning away from sin. And we're turning to God in faith to save us, but turning away from trusting in our own works, perhaps, or turning away from just living our life in wickedness apart from God, however we want, like Cain did. And we're trusting God to change our hearts and to help us to, to obey him and follow him. And that brings us to faith. So faith is believing, faith is repenting, faith is trusting. We're trusting in God to save us, to forgive us of our sins. And we're trusting in God for our righteousness because we can't gain righteousness or perfect goodness through our own good works. We're trusting God to accept us based on the works of Christ and not based on our own works. We're based, trusting God to accept us based on the cross and that he died and shed his blood for our sin and based on the righteousness, the perfect goodness of Jesus that is counted toward us when we believe. So we're trusting in Christ to save us and we're trusting um, in Christ to change us, to free us from slavery to sin, 
to help us to obey him, to live a life of obedience. So faith is trusting. And faith is dependency. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. So, I think this is what Abel, the life that Abel walked. He depended on God. He depended on God to provide sheep for him that he could offer to God. So he was just giving a gift back of gratitude and thankfulness. But he depended on God to provide for him. He depended on God for salvation, for forgiveness. He depended on God for peace, for joy, for direction. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. A life of faith is a life of dependency, a life of crying out to God and, and, and calling out to him for help, turning to him in a time of need, turning to him for wisdom and guidance, for peace, for joy amid sorrow, for comfort, and a new believer is trusted in God for righteousness and dependent on him for salvation. But he learns to trust in God for everything as his faith grows. And so as believers, we want our faith to grow and our dependency, dependency on God to grow. How do we get more faith? I want more faith. Any of you want more faith? Raise your hand if you want more faith. Yeah. As I said, Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's not just the faith that saves us, but that's you know faith in our Christian life. Spending time in God's word. And, um, and also we can ask. We can pray. For God to give us faith, but taking our burdens to Him is an act of faith. But God gives us faith, the believer faith, when we read His Word and the Holy Spirit through the Word gives us faith, strengthens our faith. So if you're not spending time in God's Word, and we've all been guilty of not reading God's word as we should at some point. If you're not spending time in God's word, your faith may feel less and less. You may struggle with your faith as a believer. And that should remind us, hey, I need to get back into the word to reignite my faith. I need to remind myself of the truth of who God is and Christ is and what God's done for me through Christ, of the love of Christ. I need to remind myself of the love of God. And when we don't have the shield of faith, we become vulnerable to the attacks of Satan. When we don't take up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, So, 
in order to take up the shield of faith, we need to be in the word of God too. So Ephesians, back to Ephesians chapter 8, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we're not saved of ourselves. Well, but what this says, when it says, and that not of yourselves here, it's not referring to our salvation, it's referring to our faith. The that is the faith. For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that, even the faith, is not of yourself, it is the gift of God. So we can't boast in our works because we're saved by faith, but we can't boast in our faith because faith is a gift. Faith is a gift that the Holy Spirit gives to us because unless the Holy Spirit opened our eyes to see the truth of God's word, unless the Holy Spirit took out our heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh, as it says in Ezekiel 36, he does, then we would be blind to the truth of the gospel. We would still be dead in our trespasses and sins with a heart of stone incapable of faith, incapable of repentance. So, Holy Spirit, as we read the word, he opens our eyes, he takes out a heart of stone, gives us a heart of flesh, a heart to believe, eyes to see. And so faith is a gift from God. And also, repentance is a gift from God. Even it says in Second Timothy two twenty five. Remember, repentance is that other side of the coin. Faith we turn to God. Repentance we turn from our sin. But Second Timothy two, for, I'm sorry, yeah, Second Timothy two twenty five. The apostle Paul said. Uh, verse, we'll start in verse 24. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient and humility, correcting those in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance. So God grants repentance to those who repent. God gives faith to those who believe. It's a gift. It's not a, even the faith is not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. And and we're saved by grace, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Why does God choose faith and not works? Why didn't God say, well, you know, if you get baptized, you'll be saved. Or if you give, up, give, us some, give me some sheep and you'll be saved. Um, or give me a good carrot, you know, not a rotten one. Um, why did he say through faith? Why didn't he say, you know, if you... You know, you know, pray two Hail Marys and ten Our Fathers that you'll be saved. Why faith? Well, Romans talks about that back in Romans chapter 3. Verse 27, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? No, by, by the law of faith. 
Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. So, not of works, lest any man should boast. But if it was works, then we could boast. I mean, I could get to heaven and say, hey, you know, and look at the guy that's in hell and say, hey, I, you know, I pray more our fathers than you. I, you know, I did, I went to church more times than you. I read my Bible more than you. I prayed more than you. I, I gave more of my money than you did. That's why I'm here. See, I did something better. I can boast. But the law of faith excludes that. Because faith is just trusting God to save us, right? And even that's not of ourselves as a gift of God. And so we're saved by grace through faith and not of works to exclude boasting. Everybody that's in heaven is going to be there for the same reason. They're saved by grace, by God's grace through faith. Not something that they earned. And that faith is going to be the faith of everybody in heaven as a gift of God. Because the Holy Spirit opened their eyes and gave them a heart to believe and repent. So, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So my question to you, first off, is have you trusted in Christ alone and his finished work on the cross and his perfect righteousness? Have you trusted in Christ alone to save you, not in your own works? Not in your own ability to wipe your face clean with a filthy rag or to to be good enough because we all fall short and our righteousnesses are all as filthy rags. Have you trusted in Christ alone to save you? Have you believed that Jesus died for your sin and rose from the dead, the Son of God? Have you turned from your sin? And are you depending? If you're a believer, are you depending on Christ? Are you depending on Him a little? Depend on Him more. Spend time in His Word. Cry out to Him. We all have heavy burdens. Are we taking them to God? Are we trusting them with our burdens? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Are you going to Him for guidance? This morning I woke up, saw the message. Brother Keith was not doing well and I didn't have anything prepared, and I, but like God had been preparing me over the past weeks, um, and I studied. We had studied Cain and Abel in Sunday school, and and I knew this was the next.
passage in Ephesians to preach, and and I just prayed. God, give me something. <laughs> give me something because. And I thought through a few, if I could pull out an old sermon, but no, it was just, Lord put this on my heart this morning. And I'm depending on him today. Are you depending on him? Whatever you're going through. Whatever pain you're in, whatever struggles, whatever temptations, whatever trials. He's there, and he wants you to call on him. He wants you to trust in him. He wants you to cry out to him. Cry out. Just be honest with him about your struggle, about where you're at. Ask for his help. Ask for his forgiveness. Ask for his guidance. Ask for his peace. Ask for his joy. Ask for his wisdom. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he is a rewarder. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the example of our brother Abel, that he trusted in you to save him, trusted in you for righteousness. And because he trusted in you, he was able to give a gift out of the gratitude of his heart, out of joy and thanksgiving and love. Whereas Abel sought to buy something from you, appease you, and had no interest in relationship with you though you came to Cain that is though you came to him many times and and tried to talk to him and revealed yourself to him and confronted his sin he had no interest in listening and trusting you and believing you help us to trust you Lord help us to walk with you and depend on you Help us to believe your word because we know that faith is a gift. We thank you for your grace. Oh, we don't deserve anything from you. We thank you for that you're so good and so kind to us that you sent your son to die for us, the son of your love, that you, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his only begotten son to die for our sins. We thank you for your, your goodness and kindness and all the ways you bless us, and, and especially in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.